Hey, thanks for listening to another Ute Insiders podcast. This is Mike Sorensen with the Deseret News, and we hope you've enjoyed the rivalry podcast we've done earlier this week. Coming up in this episode, we're talking to Scott Mitchell, the former Utah quarterback, about the iconic 1988 game when the underdog Utes upset BYU 57-28. to Scott will talk about his role in that game and all about the rivalry. That and more on the Ute Insiders podcast. Okay, we're happy today to have uh, Scott Mitchell with us. He was the quarterback for that uh, iconic 1988 Utah-BYU win over BYU when they, uh, an un- underdog BYU-Utah team beat the Cougars 57-28. to And Scott was a quarterback of that team, and he was, uh, he, you know, Scott, as many of you know, holds practically every Utah passing and total offense record, even to this day, 30 years later. And at that time, that was a, a huge win for Utah. Scott, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Hey, uh, just talk about, you know, you played for Utah for three years. You also played the NFL for several years. Now, this has got to be one of the biggest highlights in your memory of football, of your football playing days, isn't it? Yeah, I, I played a lot of football in my, high, in, in my life in college and high school and the pros. And uh, of course, that game certainly was was a big game for, for us at Utah, simply because we, we weren't really that good. We, uh, you know, when you talk about all those records, a lot of that was because we had to score a lot of points if we were going to have any chance. So we, so we threw the heck out of the football and uh, we had a great offense. It was really, really a lot of fun. A lot, of, a lot of good memories. But uh, Utah was was kind of the the younger brother in those days, and and BYU was the big kid on the block. And they'd had so much success uh, recently in, in the the Western Athletic Conference at the time, and uh, they recently won the national championship. So so BYU was in its heyday and its prime of the Lavelle Edwards era. And uh, the last ten years before that, BYU had won. So we kind of just were sick and tired of being the underdog and and you love you love that about sports when when the team just has no business winning I mean we really they were a better football team than we were their program was better at the time we had no business winning the game so whenever you do that whenever you beat uh, the the team that's supposed to win it means that much more to you and I you know I've, I've been on both sides of this and I can tell you it's so much sweeter to just beat big brother and beat the team that uh, you're not supposed to win yeah like you said Utah had lost nine in a row they lost 15 out of 16 uh, that you came into that game five and five and they were eight and two and they didn't win the league that year but they had won like nine straight championships so they were definitely the big brother as you said but you told me the other day you know we have I had a story in the paper this week about this game uh, that uh, you kind of decided the game plan was that you're just going to be aggressive and, and throw everything you could at them can you just talk about that what your mindset was going into that game well when you're really good, a lot of times you become really predictable, and BYU was very predictable on defense. I mean, I can remember this still to, to this day, and we, we actually started talking about how predictable they were back in, in uh, spring football. We were already devising the game plan that early, so this was on our mind for a long time. On first down, they were in a cover three. On second down, it was cover two, and on third down, it was a quarters cover. So what that means is it, there's three deep safeties on cover three, there's two on, on cover two, and there's like kind of four uh, deep deep half defenders or deep defenders on a defense. And as a quarterback, if you know this before the snap of the ball, like if you know what the defense is going to be doing, it makes it so much easier for you to have success. So we picked what is our very best play against cover three. 
And we would call, and it wasn't the best play. It was like the play that had the highest probability of scoring a touchdown. What's our best play against cover two? What's our best play against quarters coverage? And and so we went into the game just knowing this because it's 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 highly unusual. You get that luxury. You you know that maybe they might play one of a two or three coverages on a down. You just you never know. But BYU was just they were very very predictable. But they were just normally better than everyone else. So they just beat you with better athletes, beat you with better execution, and so we. We went into this game extremely confident of what we were actually going to do. Well, that's good to have the be able to know what the other team's doing a little bit. Did you ever talk to anybody afterward and say, "Hey, uh, we could figure out what you guys were well, doing"? Well, no, we don't want to tell them that because we're going to play them the next year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And a lot of the and the next year, a lot of the plays worked as well. The mm-hmm. problem was Ty Detmer was was playing extremely well at the time, and Lavelle was not happy about losing that game. I didn't play in the game; I was actually injured, and I think we scored thirty five points, but we lost. 70 to 35 or something like that. But yeah. a lot of the same plays worked the next year as well. Just uh, happened too late in that game. But I, I just met 30 years later. Do you ever talk to an oh, BYU guy and say, hey? Actually, yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast with Jason Buck. It's called Rivals. And, and we've actually talked about it before. And, and he you know, he said that. He said, yeah. He says he said Dick Felt was very predictable in what he did. They didn't change it a lot. And, and in a lot of ways, you liked it as a player because you could just go and just play and, and just be free and not have to, you know, you weren't always confused or or second-guessing yourself, am I, am I in the right spot and am I doing the right thing? Yeah, oh, so anyway, going looking back at that game, I just I, I went through the play-by-play recently. They keep these records, and uh, like you said, you kind of decided to be aggressive at them. Uh, in the third play of the game, I don't know if you remember this, according to the, the play-by-play, it was a, a flea flicker with Eddie Johnson throwing it back to you, and then you threw a long pass that got intercepted. Do you have any memory of that? Uh, it was, I, I actually do, and uh, I, I don't have a good explanation <laughs> for what actually happened. Uh, it was, uh, well, I do. The receiver was supposed to go left, and he went right, and, and I threw left, and he went right. And that's all I'm going to remember about that. I'm not sure if that's actually what happened. What I do remember about it, though, it was really probably the only moment in that game that just didn't go right or just mm-hmm. didn't go our way. It was just it was just our day. I mean, we had a defensive. Sammy Tasinga actually recovered, I think it was a pass and ran it for a touchdown. And it, just, it was just everything was magical. Even if we threw that interception, it, it really – that day – was just the day that Utah was going to beat BYU. Oh, yeah. You, you guys came back. You recovered quickly because you scored uh, three straight touchdowns. Uh, you set up, you had two long passes that set up short uh, runs by Eddie Johnson from two and three yards. And Eddie Johnson had a great day with four touchdowns. But most of those were set up by your long passes to Dennis Smith and Carl Harry and people like that. Yeah, and we had, we had one where Carl actually, I think it was right before or right after that interception uh, where Carl was wide open and would have scored a touchdown and dropped dropped a pass and it was it was a play that we'd worked on a lot and it was wide open and he he just he just just dropped it which Carl hardly ever did I mean he's a great receiver uh, so it could have been even worse than it actually was yeah in fact uh, I think you know Utah they they, they got ahead 27 to 7 at halftime it's 43 to 14 after three quarters and then uh, it was 10 minutes to go in the game you guys had were already 57 and I don't know if you remember this you got within the 10 yard line twice more after that or you could have scored maybe 70 points yeah, I actually, you know, it's funny. I don't remember that that last part of the game. Uh, I'm trying. Was that our last game of the season? I yeah, think, it was I your last was, game. Yeah, yeah you were. I actually, I actually broke my wrist in that game. Really? Yeah, and I I didn't realize it till after the game um, because I got I got married uh, the first part of December and actually had a cast on when I got when I got married, but I broke it in that game. Really? And did yeah. you know it till afterwards? I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, I think uh, my maybe we were pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, right. this was a big deal. 
Can you just talk maybe a little bit about, you know, you have, I think you told me this too, that, and I, I talked to a couple of BYU players about this also, that they were, you know, they weren't like overconfident, but they were just more or less shocked. You know, they couldn't believe what was happening. And they walked off the, uh, after the field just saying, what just happened? We got hammered. But what, what was your feeling when you saw BYU? That, do you have a similar feeling what they were thinking during that game? <laughs> you could definitely tell. I mean, you could see it. I, I, I can speak for a lot of the defensive guys because, of course, that's who I was facing in the game. And, and, uh, and they were, you, you could just see that the frustration. Troy Long was a really good safety back then. Uh, I knew uh, some of the other players on the team, and and they were just and it, they just kind of how do we deal with this? And and it was almost like no matter what we do, no matter what we try, we're not going to win this game today. And sometimes it's hard, you know. As I as I look as I look back now, having all this experience, sometimes when you get so shell-shocked by a team, it, it, a lot of times you don't know how to deal with it and you don't know how to handle it. And it, you just kind of have to write it off as, look, it's just one of those days. It's just not our day-to-day. It's just, you know, this is, you know, and just and just give the other team their due. And that that's really kind of what, what that game was. I mean, fortunately for us, it was, it was a huge day and a huge game. And it just, you know, like I said in the beginning, I can't tell you how, how great winning when you, when no one expects you to win it, it winning is great but it's just really nice when you have when you have those times when you win when you're just not supposed to right and just also maybe talk a little bit about the fact that you you know you grew up in Springville just down the road from Provo and uh, you you were your whole life you were a BYU fan and people expected you to go there and I know it's a long story but maybe just how how the feeling was that you went to Utah and then maybe what did the BYU fans think about you coming down and beating them so badly and then living with it for the past 30 years since then I know a lot of people don't care for me in Utah County <laughs> and, and they're, and they're BYU fans and I get it. And I, you know, I, I understand that, but I really, I don't have any animosity towards other teams or schools or BYU or anything like that. I, I just don't think it's a healthy attitude to have, but I can tell you that um, I was really searching to go to school and go to the place that I felt was best for me. And in doing so, I felt that going to Utah was what I should do. And, I, and that's from someone who grew up in the shadow of BYU, and, and my parents went there, and I'm related to Lavelle Edwards, and I have really, really deep ties to BYU. And so for me to feel that way, it had to have been a pretty powerful experience to know that I, I need to go to the University of Utah. And it was hard when I was at Utah because we weren't very good. We never were any good. We never went to a bowl game. We never won a, a, a conference championship. Uh, so that was hard for me. That was hard for me when I was at Utah. But as I look back on my life and what I gained from my experience, and it was really, I found who I was. I found what was important to me in my life by going to the University of Utah. And that was invaluable. It still is invaluable to me today, but it had nothing to do with football. It really didn't. It was, it was, it was just a personal experience that I had and, and it was great. And, and uh, I know that probably being at the University of Utah was the best place for me to have that experience. So that, that, 1988 game was the uh, first of, like you say, in, in 16 years, Utah had only won once. Since that time, Utah's won 17 out of 28 games. They've kind of more or less dominated it. Just what do you think about the rivalry today? It's kind of flipped in a way. Now Utah's won seven straight, and BYU's trying to, to break that string this week. I think it's hard for people that see it in the present form, and they go, well, it's not really a rivalry anymore. And I can tell you back when I was at, at Utah, BYU was saying that. This isn't a rivalry. Our rivals like Air Force or our rivals Wyoming or San Diego State. It's not Utah. And so when you see it from like a small part of the whole rivalry, you could get caught up in that. But if you look at this 
I mean, Utah and BYU have played football for over 100 years. And, and it's, been, it's been this thing with us in our culture and in our state. And, if, and, and so you have to really look at this from its whole history and its whole perspective. And if you really value and you really appreciate traditional college football and you appreciate rivalries and what they really mean over time, this, this is no matter who has the upper hand today, it's always a great rivalry. Uh, if you're a Utah fan today, you're like, yeah, we're on top. If you're a BYU fan back in the day, it's like, yeah, we're on. And that's what's great about a rivalry. Where it is today, it's not going to be that way forever. It will change again. And, and this thing ebbs and flows throughout time. And so to really appreciate it, you have to look at the whole history of it and not just maybe the present context of, you know, Utah is the better team. Utah should win this game. Uh, it, it, that's just the facts of things. But I can tell you, in 1988, BYU should have won that game. Uh, they were the better team. It, there was no questioning who, who was. And so uh, th- you just never know. You never know. And, I, and that's from a Utah guy. You know, I'm like, you know, I hope Utah wins. But that. The rivalries, funny things happen. So bring, that brings us back to the present. So you're now a, one of the Utah color guys. And so Utah's obviously the big favorite, 13-point favorites this week. And it's kind of a similar situation to 30 years ago. You know, BYU had a big game against number 2 Miami the week after. Utah's got their big championship game for the Pac-12 title the week to after. To go to the Rose Bowl. So I mean, it's uh, huge. I'm just wondering if you think <laughs> there might be any similarities where Utah might be kind of looking past BYU. Or what do you? what's your guess for this week? What's great about about sports is that uh, you have humans involved and humans just by nature you can't help if you're Utah think gosh you know, I want to get this game over because I want to go to the Pac-12. It's never happened for Utah in its history to win the Pac-12 South. It's never in the history of Utah football been where they, they have, they're playing to go to the Rose Bowl. That's, that's such an incredible statement. And so human nature, you got to say, yeah, you're going to be thinking about that. And, and I guarantee you, they probably really don't want to play BYU. I mean, really. And, and BYU is going, we are fighting for our lives. We're fighting for respect. We're fighting just to, to be relevant still. And and there's no better way for us to do that than to beat the team that won the Pac-12 South. That that gives you tremendous credibility if you're BYU at this time. So you know that they're going to come out and they're going to go, we're we're going to we're we're leaving nothing in the tank. We are we're going to throw everything we possibly have and and when you get that combination where one team's really trying and maybe another team really isn't, anything's possible, especially with young men from the ages of 18 up to maybe 25 years, anything's possible. Anything is possible. And you see that all the time. And that's really what's great about sports. And that's what's great about rivalries is although it looks on the surface like foredrawn conclusion, who's going to win? The reality is, is a lot of times it never it never plays out that way. Well, it certainly didn't in 1988. And we'll see what happens this week. So Scott, <laughs> we certainly appreciate you being here with us on the Ute Insiders podcast. And uh, we'll uh, see what happens this week. And it'll be another great rivalry game. Yeah, I look forward to it. And thank you. I've really enjoyed this. And that was a great moment in my life. And, uh, you know, it's fun that they keep doing this rivalry and I hope it, it never ends. Thanks. 